Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, March 19th, 2023, in which we consider another reading from John's Gospel. Before we get to the homily, let's take a few minutes to listen to the Gospel reading for today. John writes, As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. Jesus' disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, Jesus put mud on my eyes, then I washed them, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. The man said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it was that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. 
We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The men answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They said to him, You were born entirely in sins, and you are trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to the man, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. The man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. The Gospel of Christ. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As a teen, I loved reading the work of an author named Len Dayton. He wrote a whole series of books about Cold War espionage. His books were fiction, but they were based in history and used real places around the world, particularly in Europe. As much as I enjoyed those books, I would never read them the same way that I would read a newspaper or even a history textbook. I was reminded of all this as I prepared for today's homily. There are a variety of literary genres in the Bible, including history, narrative storytelling, prophecy, poetry, wisdom, and letters addressed to either an individual or a group. Each genre serves a different purpose, and knowing what type of literature you're reading helps to inform how we read it. Today's Gospel is an example of one that can be read either literally or figuratively. I would argue that both interpretations are important to get a full understanding of the text. If we take a literal approach to this text, we see Jesus restoring the physical sight of a man who had been born blind. Prior to this encounter with Jesus, the young man would have been very dependent on those around him. We are even told that he had been reduced to begging at the side of the road. We read that Jesus' followers assumed that the man's blindness had been caused by some kind of sin, either by him or by his parents. This assumption would not have been uncommon and, in fact, the man's blindness would likely have caused him some significant social isolation. In addition to the financial and social duress caused by his blindness, he would have had very limited access to the temple because blindness would have been understood as a physical impurity. So when Jesus healed the man, he was giving him more than simply his eyesight. Clearly, this is about more than physical restoration. It's about restoring the whole person so that he could more fully engage in the world around him financially, socially, and even religiously. 
Furthermore, we're told that Jesus understood this restoration to be a part of the mission that he had received from God. Imagine for a moment that this physical, social, and financial restoration was not simply a one-off. Instead, imagine that it's actually very close to the core of why Jesus came in the first place. This story suggests that the wholeness and wellness of every part of a person's life is at the core of Jesus' ministry. And if it's at the core of Jesus' ministry, it must also become something significant for the Christian church if we consider ourselves to be followers of Christ. If we only read this story as a literal account of a historical event, then we miss a great deal of its texture and depth. Without discounting the literal understanding of this text, we can also read this text through a figurative lens. Like the other three Gospels, John tells the story of Jesus, but he does it from a very different perspective. One of the themes that is woven through the Gospel of John is the theme of light and darkness. In this story and elsewhere, John's Gospel refers to Jesus as the light of the world. This is a metaphor for understanding Jesus as the Son of God, doing God's work in the world. In contrast, terms like darkness, blindness, or lack of sight become a metaphor for failing to comprehend the work of God in the world. We begin to see today's story as an allegory for Jesus fostering a spiritual awakening in the man, and by extension in all of humanity. Elsewhere in John's Gospel, this reawakening might be referred to as spiritual rebirth. Please note that the author of John's Gospel extends his use of this literary device beyond his description of the blind man. In this story, we read about a young man who had been born blind and had received his sight, although the fully sighted Pharisees struggled to comprehend what happened to him. Again, we have a play on this theme of darkness versus light, or blindness versus sight. By the end of the story, it's the blind man who could see what the religious establishment could not. So what does this story have for you and I? Well, let's begin by asking where we see ourselves in this story. The young man, the Pharisees, and even Jesus' own disciples suffered blindness, albeit in different ways. The young man's blindness was physical, and we're told that he had been blind from birth. The Pharisees' vision was limited by their expectations. Their expectations of the young man, their understanding of their religious tradition, and their ability to see Jesus as an agent of God were all impaired. Even Jesus' own disciples also suffered a type of blindness. They blamed the man's blindness on sin. With all this blindness, we are invited to examine our own lives for the blind spots that keep us from seeing God, the world, and each other as we truly are. Pope John Paul II once said, We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of our Father's love for us and our real capacity to become the image of His Son. The truth is that we are not the sum of our failures, nor are we the sum of our successes. The highest praise for humanity is that we are loved by God. 
We each need to examine how we respond to God's gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. Do we share a vision that invites God's kingdom to become an increasing reality in our world? Are we allowing God to renew our vision, and indeed our whole lives, so that we might become more and more Christ-like? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your Son, Jesus, took on flesh and became the light of the world. Open the eyes of our heart that we might see him as an expression of your love for us and for all of humanity, through him who lives and reigns with you as one God, now and forever. Amen.